Hello, hello. Welcome to the Culture in Pot Insanity Podcast, episode number three. Uh, before we get started, it should be mentioned that a main proponent of our podcast is so that we can analyze and discuss these different outlets of media in order to be aware and bring attention to their roles in the social commentary of today. The opinions expressed in this podcast are ours alone and shouldn't be used to reflect the specific views of our church, Aletheia Bible Fellowship. The Culture and Sanity podcast is an external ministry of Aletheia of Portland, Oregon, and a member of their Vigilance Radio Network, a part of Vigilance.blog, ABF's web portal that provides helpful and interesting resources for the church local and at large. If you're interested in today's topics or just staying relevant, go ahead and check us out at cultureinsanity.wordpress.com, or you can check out the Facebook and Twitter at Culture Insanity. <sighs> All right, welcome to episode number three. Josh is here on the mic, and this is Adam. Um, so, uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Um, got a few different things on the docket for today. Not a lot in the movies, a lot more in the television realm. Uh, just going to come out and say it, Josh and I haven't seen Blade Runner, so... It's true. Uh, we can't really um, discuss that much. I've heard it's getting great reviews, so look forward to that. Uh, Three-hour movie at, you know, 11 o'clock at night, which is when... I do a lot of my movie watching is um, tough. So, anyways, so as far as movies go this week, um, Josh, first of all, have you seen any new movies this week? Date night or whatnot? Um, let's see. No. <laughs> okay, short and sweet. No, um, it's, it's fall TV for me, not movies. They say it's one of the worst fall, one of the worst seasons in, uh, fall seasons in in like recorded history really yeah as far as what's anticipated and so far like how how movies have done um oh in terms of movies or in terms of tv movies did you say tv you said well, it's, I said it's, it's fall, fall tv, TV for you. So. okay so josh is really into tv right now. yeah but yeah like it was like the only thing that was good right and it was a huge success but right yeah um so not a lot i saw the movie american made um that new tom cruise movie um about the real life story of that pilot Barry Seal is his name, and he you know was a he was involved in a lot, <laughs> but yeah, drug drug smuggler, gun smuggler, used by the cartel, the CIA, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, not a lot to say on that movie. It's one of those movies that is entertaining for sure, mm -hmm. um, but just sort of depressing. Um, doesn't really end well. Guy gets involved with bad people. Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> guy gets involved with bad people and bad things happen to him and it it kind of just ends on that note you know and not a lot of uh justice is done to <laughs> the consequences of it with this guy's family and so on and so forth and did you get the impression that they were like glorifying the bad choices or just sort of telling a story i got the impression that well i mean it's tough to say because they just certainly made it entertaining. <laughs> so, right. like, well, I mean, people got to watch it. Yeah, that's true. It's called American Made. Is that satirical or is it? Um, it's kind of both. <laughs> it's mm. kind of both. Like, it's like both. Like the the um, what's it called? The opportunity we have as, you know, as being an American and how we can, you know, monetize ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then it's also um, satirical in the sense that, 
he got himself into some bad ish mm-hmm. and you know now has to pay the consequences again. so the freedom of that ability right you know what i mean um so but yeah um kind of just a depressing movie it's not one that i'd really ever watch again not because it wasn't good i mean it was a well-made movie like tom cruise you know tom i always cruise. say name me know? a movie you don't like with tom cruise that's right i He's, always say i've never seen a tom cruise movie that i didn't like but i haven't seen a number of them i'll admit really I haven't seen like Born on the Fourth of July or I had to watch that in high school. Days of Thunder, I think. Never even heard of that. That's the racing one, I think. Tom Cruise racing movie? I swear he was in a racing movie called Days of Thunder. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. But yeah, um so one of those movies it kinda reminded me of Wolf of Wall Street, except for at least in Wolf of Wall Street, it ends with him like being um like held motiv- responsible a motivational yeah held responsible and then yeah. he ends up like bettering himself and he ends up being like a motivational speaker right. so there's at least that um, but this is just like a wild ride and then he crash and burns and is killed and that's the story he was assassinated well that's quite the spoiler <laughs> yeah that's, that's yeah no, I mean that's, that's it it's real real life he was a real person did you look really did you like um, you know look it look him up later and see like how realistic the story was uh, a little bit um as far as how it how it portrayed the whole thing going down like he was killed by members of the cartel um uh-huh. but as far as a lot of the details i don't know i didn't look too heavily into it um i do know that that same character is brought up in narcos yeah in yeah i've heard one. that um just very briefly but did you hear not to not to derail the subject but did you hear about the guy who is going down to look for yeah he's the lo- location location yeah something or other for the show and was killed yeah. in mexico Jeez. i know yeah i did hear about that it's really terrible um good show though narcos but i mean again like call it a good was show. it worth <laughs> but was it worth yeah yeah no terrible <laughs> Um, so I, that's the only movie I saw this week. Um, there was an interesting article, um, regarding that the people that are in this new movie Flatliners, which is a remake mm-hmm. of a Kiefer Sutherland Kiefer classic. Sutherland cla- <laughs> you say that one, a Kiefer Sutherland sure. classic. Yeah, Cause there's a lot of those. <laughs> I don't even think I can name five Kiefer Sutherland movies. All right. All right. Lost Boys. Okay. Movies too. Movies. Flatliners. <laughs> Obviously. Oh man, yeah. You could probably name more with his dad than him. Totally, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's with his dad. I didn't know he was in that. Yeah, yes, exactly. So Josh named two keepers. I got two, and one of them was pre-mentioned. Phone booth. Phone booth. He's the voice. Good call. He is the the voice. The shooter. He is the voice. Anyways, do we count the made-for-TV twenty-four movies? They were made for TV movies of 24? Yeah. I never was into 24. I don't like oh, those kinds okay. of shows. Well. But no, we don't count them. They never went to a theater. Um, but anyways, it, it was interesting. Um, the This journalist was interviewing the different stars for uh, from this movie, Flatliners, and they were talking about what they think happens when they die. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting because, you know, you got, the, you got one chick who's, who says... Um, <laughs> she believes in like reincarnation and then another yep. one who says i think that they said that nothing you know just right that classic one one of them that just said that the conversation isn't even worth having so i guess that's like the main one right yeah ellen page she yeah. essentially said that and then one of them that was Juno. like oh yeah I, i'm not religious but i think we're part of something bigger mm-hmm. um 
Oh, uh, the one guy, he's from, uh, what's the new Star Wars movie? Rogue One, Diego Rogue, Luna. Yeah, uh-huh. He was, he said that literally he believes in the Force. Right. <laughs> he, that he's, like, starting to believe in, it. like, the Force is a good explanation, sure. Yeah, it says he borrows a lot of, like, his philosophy from Star Wars, which is funny, but... Well, quite honestly, I mean, Star Wars is just Eastern mysticism, so... Right. Somebody should tell him that he should believe in, you know the Tao and was Michael Douglas in the original yeah he produced okay he oh, produced really? this one he said that he um, almost drowned once and claims to have seen right. angels but doesn't actually believe in that so it's really weird like he claims to have the, have had this vision right but doesn't actually believe in that afterlife right I guess would be the best way to put it so that was weird um but yeah, not, it was weird because I mean it's only a small sample size of five or six people, but none of them have any sort of um, Christian consensus. Yeah, only one of them was like similar, but like I mean, isn't that movie tanking? Um, it's like people people aren't interested in. in that. I I don't know the numbers as far as far as that goes, but I know that when I saw the trailer. I out loud said, this movie looks terrible. And then yeah. I found out it was a remake because I didn't know it was a, uh, yeah. whatever. But I wouldn't be surprised. Cause Flat, it, the original Flatliners was creepy. To me, anyway. I mean, I saw it when I was a kid. Really? So, mm-hmm. so what's the premise? Like, is it... Are there, like, demons and stuff? Like, what's what's the... Oh, man. I don't know. Dig like, deep? So, as, yeah, I'd really have to dig deep. As far as I can remember... <clears throat> It was like there was okay. I remember there being they were like med students, and there was like a big empty like surgical room. So you sort of got like a or maybe it was the morgue. You sort of got like a Victor Frankenstein sort of feel, and they were experimenting on each other. And the experiments would cause them to have these dreams, and more like more as the movie went on, they would not be able to tell the difference between the dream world and the real world. And then they started to get crazy, and like one of them goes nuts and like tries to kill the other ones. I might be blending movies at this point, but yeah, it was creepy. It was. I just remember it being creepy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just thought it was interesting that none of them come from a, you know, Christian God. This one chick says that she's religious, but then immediately after that, her name is Kiersey Clemens or something. Immediately after that, talks about how her grandma claims to have you know had a similar Michael Doug- Douglas experience. Mm-hmm. But that's just my grandma, and yeah. I don't really know. And so it's just like, well, what? Like, it's weird. Complete and, side note before getting back to it. He played Athos in Three Musketeers. Kiefer Sutherland. That's up to four. Maybe by the end. <laughs> Working we'll, my way. <laughs> not <there. laughs> but yes, there's no, no, there's there's no, there's not even a Christian consensus about life after death. I think... Christianity in general, like in general pop culture, is um, for the living. We'll put it that way. There's, it's not really, you know, it's like, how can God bless me in my life? How can I live the best version of me? But when you get into the more esoteric sort of what would now be considered fringe elements of Christianity, like what happens after death or what we as theologians call eschatology, what happens like when Christ returns and mm-hmm. things like that. It's like people don't even think about that or care about they that. They don't want to care about that. They Give don't know it about any it. Sort of it's not worth day. anything. Yeah, it's not worth investing in learning. So I just thought that was interesting. Um, and in sort of 
sad state of where people are today. Well, and and the fact that people don't seem to be investing it in the movie mm-hmm. says something about people not thinking about those things too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So I mean that's that's that. Um, like I said, not a lot in terms of. Um, movies this week we haven't seen the main movie shame on us it's long okay uh, <laughs> um, it's long and the first one was terrible boring i want so i hadn't seen that until we recently decided to watch it in preparation right. for the new one and all i ever heard was because my dad was is a huge fan of it and my brother too um but all i ever heard was how great it is and so i went into it like wanting to really like mm-hmm. it you know, this new movie is Ryan Gosling and the director mm-hmm. is, you know, mm-hmm. a real up and coming, like super strong director. And so w- had high hopes. Biggest error I could have made is going into <laughs> a movie with high hopes. It was terrible. Slow paced. Slow paced. The characters were terrible. It's not. The plot was c- confusing. It's not. Yeah. It's definitely not an American audience movie for sure. I've tried to watch that movie many times and every time I fell asleep. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's one of the more boring movies I've seen recently. Yeah. And it's weird because, like, big direct... I think at this point, at that point in time, like, Ridley Scott had already had Alien. Harrison uh-huh. Ford was already a pretty established actor. The he, pilot of the Millennium Falcon. He was already an established actor in, <laughs> when Star Wars came along. Right. So, you know, but I think people forgot that even then, like, the movie kind of tanked. I, I think... It was it's, only, you know, po- pos- posthumously. It the, the visuals for the movie... Yeah, it was... Are amazing Strong. for that yeah. for that era, and it was ambitious. It's ambitious, you know. Its cinematography is pretty pretty awesome, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, we're we're talking. It's Ridley Scott, right? The new one, the, the old, old one. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're talking about Ridley Scott. I mean, he's his his storytelling is always kind of storytelling, not great. Not a big fan of his storytelling. He's a fine director, like yeah. I mean. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what I will say, interesting, it's the 25th anniversary of Harley Quinn, and it's really hard. I know. You're like, how does this connect? I'm waiting. It's really hard not to look at Daryl Hannah in in the original Blade Runner and think Harley Quinn. Hmm, interesting. People, look it up. You'll see. Daryl Hannah in Blade Runner. She looks like Harley Quinn. Or like, but, Harley Quinn was like inspired by her. Okay. Okay, I got you. I was gonna say because who's the live action Harley Quinn that you're using as a? No, I'm thinking original Batman the animated, animated series, series 1992 Harley Quinn. Okay, I'll look it up. Yeah, look it up. <laughs> um, there was a weird thing, you know, transitioning from away from movies. Yeah, we haven't seen Blade Runner yet. We'll get on it. Um, there was a so Lady Gaga has a documentary out right now. Haven't seen it. Um, plan on it. I heard it's good. She's really vulnerable in it. Talks a lot about her struggle. Like she has like physical conditions, and so that's interesting. Um, I didn't know that, but but um, earlier this week she did a a live broadcast on her Instagram. I think I think it was just a, a live broadcast of her meditating or like practicing yoga, and she was like encouraging people to like join her in that because of the vegas shooting like to find peace was it post the vegas shooting that's what i understand yeah yeah um red flag (laughs) as a christian definitely yeah yeah and kind of like as someone well as somebody who claims to have a christian consensus i mean (laughs) 
there's a ton of red flags all over Lady Gaga's, you know, Music. everything, yeah. all, all over her history. Yeah. Except for maybe the stuff that she did with the blessed Tony Bennett. I was going to say, <laughs> Tony Bennett. <laughs> I mean, God the bless that man. Tony <laughs> but, but yeah, like, and there's red flags all over her history going back to her first hit. Oh, what was that? Just Dance? Poker Face? Just, anyway. Yeah. Whatever. It goes all the way back. But yes, like, here you get to see a vulnerable aspect of she is, uh, of, of who she is, and she's practicing, um, you know, she's practicing Eastern meditation, you know. And which, like, wanting and encouraging and enticing people along in a time where people are, like, probably vulnerable and right. I'd say susceptible to that kind it, of it's, thing? I it's, don't know. it's an important distinction. Me and Adam are talking about it with, um, sort of flippantly, but... For those of you who don't know, meditation in an Eastern sense is diametrically opposed to how scripture presents meditation. The one side is that in, in Eastern mysticism, we are all the same. So um, <clears throat> the purpose of meditation is to achieve oneness. And that, that means oneness with everything, to understand how insignificant you are. The, the, the less significant you are, the... Um, the less your problems and your ails matter, and so then you can find peace. Of course, in, in Christianity, it's completely the opposite. It's a paradigm shift. Um, you are not supposed to empty your mind and focus on nothing. Instead, you are to um, fill your mind with the Holy Spirit and focus on God and specifically His promises to us and um, understand your distinction before God and the fact that God loves you in your distinction. And so it's completely different. You're not, yeah, it's completely different. And a lot of times people seem to think that there's um, a connection to that. I, I remember reading articles about the Beatles, like bringing over um, like Eastern, mes uh, Eastern meditation and mm. Eastern philosophies. Um, they were bringing a whole bunch of that stuff over. Um, but yeah, Hollywood in particular has really been big on bringing over Eastern things. And if somebody claims to be uh, a Christian but practices those those things, I'm not going to doubt their sincerity. Um, I think that's for God to judge. I'm not going to doubt their sincerity, but um, are they doing things that are counter to what biblical Christianity presents? Absolutely. And as a discerning Christian, we need we should have red flags about it. And they should, as someone, like you said, as someone who is professed Christian or has a Christian consensus has to do their due diligence too. And that yeah. like, you know, you, it's not an excuse to be ignorant after you've, you know, claimed to accept Christ and the work of Christ. And then what our call is, you know, right. Like once you've made that claim, then you have a, a, a job to do. As yep. Well. Yep. So, but I look forward to watching her documentary and like learning more about her. I'm interested to see how she ticks. For sure. Mm -hmm. um, my hope for her, my prayer for her even, is that she's on a true spiritual journey where she really is seeking the truth. And hopefully that um, process of looking to find the truth helps to refine her understanding. And, you know, what, what just, what sucks about it is how, like, how huge she is and all these people that, you know come alongside her and follow her leadership when really 
she's just a person trying to find her way too although she's definitely owned the leadership being the uh, mother of monsters oh yeah as she calls, she calls herself her following yeah and calls herself yeah. uh next up did you read that article uh about kid rock i did not read the article about kid rock yeah um usa today had an article about kid rock and he was just talking about how just dynamic of a, a person he is and how mm-hmm. confusing he is for some people because mm-hmm. you know he's a he's a he's like a rocker that embraces um what am i trying to say country no but he does do that mm-hmm. um i don't know like he's a yeah what is he <laughs> I mean, he is, he's an incredibly dynamic performer. I know that. Apparently, he puts was, on great concerts. It was specific to like his like social and political views and how he can be this when you know our president is seemingly this, like as far as race goes. And Isn't he Republican? Very. Yeah, that's what I heard. He's, so he's super conservative, but then he's... But then in other areas, he's not at all. Right. right, he's, right, right. he's pretty liberal. But... So he's more of a libertarian, maybe. But... It's just the reason why the article is interesting and it was painting this picture for people is that people have a hard time with that because people want you to be on this side right. or they want you to be on this side. And Kid right. Rock is like the prime example of someone who right. is not those things, you know. And so like while people want to call him like a racist for his like support of Trump and, you know, displays the Confederate flag and – right. The guy has like an NAACP award. He has he's married to a black woman and has a a, a biracial child and really? stuff. So yeah, like it's it's just really interesting. Last I heard, he was all up on Pamela Anderson. So oh, that was a long. That was the last you heard. Kid <laughs> was, Rock is not in my wheelhouse. I know. I can tell it was you a that. Long time ago. I did, however, celebrate Batidaba or whatever. Ba with the Ba. Ah, Ba with the yeah Ba with the Ba yeah. <laughs> oh no no no! Wait. Is that the is that the the cowboy? Ba, my, What's the, what's the one oh. where he's like a cowboy and he's like celebrating cell block C or whatever? You know what I'm talking about? That's Ball to Ball. Is that the, no, is it? I'm telling you. What's the cowboy song? I'm a cowboy, baby. Baby, right. Something, something. Mm-hmm. That's not Ball to Ball though. But that's the song where he's like talking about cell block C. Cell block C or cell block six? I don't know. I don't know. I heard the song the other day and I was like, yes. And I cranked it up and it was awesome. Yeah. But anyways, the point, the point is it's just, it's just interesting to me, like where people are at. If you're not with me, then you're against me. Yeah. And just so polarized. Yeah. And that's, that's just where we are as a country. Certainly. Right. Country's in a really crazy way right now. Right. Um, but it was interesting. It was an interesting article. Um, next up. Hugh Hefner died this week. Yes, he a did. A lot of people died this week. So Hugh Hefner died, mm-hmm. and then it was Tom Petty, mm-hmm. and then as far as celebrities, if you will go, and then it was that comedian, Ralphie Mae, yep. which they all died of heart attacks, coincidentally. Yep, not for the same reason of heart attack, but... No, no. Yeah, one guy was like 90, the other guy was morbidly obese. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Probably and the other guy probably him. had heart failure because of Drugs, a hard life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a hard life, yeah, it's pretty nicely. But... Uh, <laughs> um, what do you make of Hugh Hefner's legacy? A lot of people are like super sad by it. Sad about his legacy or sad that he's dead? Sad about his death because of how important of a person he was. I mean, 
So, like, he definitely revolutionized the industry. In industry, for right? sure. I think there's no denying um, that. And he brought sex into the, like, popular mind as something that was okay, I guess. Or at least something that was um, elite, you know? Like, like, you get to a certain age as a man, and then you get to experience this, and it's acceptable. Um uh, and he also revolutionized a lot of like mechanisms in the, like the magazine industry in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, <laughs> I mean, that's where it comes down for me. He, in my mind, he did a lot of bad things. Like, yes, you have to respect you have to respect the industrious nature of who of of Hugh Hefner, but. I mean, he was a charlatan, a wolf in, wolf in sheep's clothing. Like, he got all of these women to fall for him and to sell themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, as a pastor, I take issue with that. That's not how you protect your flock. It's not how, you know, you don't prey on their um, insecurities with men and then sell them that they can become famous. I mean, he delivered... Right? Mm-hmm. He delivered on the promise. Yeah, and gave back, quote unquote, to those women with, you know, the lifestyles that they had and stuff. But yeah, he completely like exploited um, aspects of who they were as people. Yeah, I mean, the, the question is can you rape the willing? And I would say yes. If you believe that the willing is a human being made in the image of God and there are certain things that they are supposed that that are that are <clears throat> innate. You know, that there are aspects of them that are innate that should be preserved, then yeah, you can rape the willing, even if they don't want to preserve that aspect of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that he had, the issue isn't that he had inclinations about doing that. I think that all men do. And not just with women, but with everything, whether it's, you know, the resources of nature or whatever. It's like all men want to subjugate whatever's around them and control it. Mm. Um, it's not that. It's that he sold people on the idea that that was good and that that somehow was uh, made you part of a premier mm-hmm. select a higher class club. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we're all, yeah, as as men, we're all guilty of we're all guilty of indulging in the Hugh Hefner world, whether it's you know specific. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, that was the thing you like wanted to you wanted to get a sneak peek at somebody's dad's playboy or something like that and they'd be mm-hmm. like passing them around the school it's like you know i've done that it's not like you it's not like i don't understand it it doesn't make it okay right <laughs> yeah right. and that's yeah like you said he sold people on the idea that it was more than just okay like you right. should strive right for what i'm selling it's the model of yeah it's the it's yeah it's the model of um success mm-hmm I guess. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So it was interesting to see, like, you know, a bunch of people come out and you know talk about him, and I don't know. I don't know if they're being honest with themselves or if they're just look. I mean, nobody. I mean, I guess there probably are some people, but the the consensus was that he was a nice guy who was a generous guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's not the issue to us as human beings, right? Like, as there is a point where you say, yeah, this person is my friend, 
um, and they treat me well, but they don't treat other people well. And, and why? You know, and so do I want a friend like that. And, right. So what am I doing? Yeah. yeah. Is that who they really are when they're treating me like that? When? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I'd like <clears throat> to have a conversation with him. You know, I'd be, I'd be interested to have a conversation with him. And uh, cliche, I've I've actually read a few Playboy articles. They actually were pretty good. I've heard that. I've yeah, heard that some of the <laughs> yeah some of the articles. I know topics, it's a cliche. I know and, it's a cliche. I've heard I've heard that too. That there's some good reads. Yeah, <laughs> if you can get to them. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, just transitioning right along. Um, we mentioned it earlier, but did you quickly? Did you know that Playboy is back in print and, of because his. Yeah, and his son, I want to say, one of his yeah. sons is is like leading it, and it was only for a year that they didn't do nudes. Now they do again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I have heard that. Anyway, recently. that was that was it. I didn't know that. Um, speaking of though, as I was saying, speaking of you know playboys, and you know guys like that, and we mentioned it earlier, the Vegas shooting, just briefly, and I don't know, I have a lot of thoughts on that and like the topic of guns, which is super hot topic right now. Right. And, so on and so forth but during that Vegas shooting um, there's this guy his name is Dan Bilzerian he's seen as like you know a Hugh Hefner mm-hmm. uh, type or archetype or whatever you know indulges in that lifestyle surrounds himself with women mm-hmm. is super wealthy I think he's like a trust fundee or something like that um, but during that event the Las Vegas shooting he filmed himself while running away, but running away to go get a gun, but he filmed himself um, and was super harsh. And it's, did you watch that video? I haven't seen his video. I read the story, but I haven't seen the video. He was super harsh and like super insensitive. Um, and he basically was saying that, uh, um, yeah, in the video he's like, oh, I just got shot, or I just, I was just standing next to a woman who got shot in the effing face and effing crazy man and so on and so forth and like you know he's running away uh he's later like seen you know like photographed like next to some police or something but admitted that he actually did nothing like by the time he got back it was all over but right um it was a super controversial thing um because this guy like and he's like a he's like a navy seal washout so um you know he there's this um perception of you know a guy like that you know should be a, a different should conduct himself in a certain way and and then you had this other like you know medal of honor recipient who came out and said this guy's a phony and you know he likes to pretend like he's playing the part and um all this stuff and it was just a really um interesting um topic this week about how this guy uh, acted in such a crazy time um i'm just wondering what you thought about it yeah, I'm not a big fan of people like that. I'm not a big fan of social media. I don't like the concept of people living their lives online. I know that probably seems like... It's just crazy. Like, the guy... It's, it seems I, ironic, like, saying that in the in a podcast. True. Well, but, it's, it's just weird. Like, I was thinking about it, and it's, it's like a three-step process. Mm-hmm. You're getting shot at, okay? And then you decide how to act and that's not even one of the steps but then you act then you decide i'm gonna pull my phone out okay that's step one then Mm -hmm. you decide i'm gonna hit record and you know record myself when literally the people are being shot at 
and and then I'm gonna say, okay, publish, post, or whatever. Right. Like, like what sort there of there was a yeah. very active. Yeah. Like what sort of brainwashing has happened yeah. to the culture where it it's does that? So, I mean, it's it's just crazy. It's just crazy. And then yeah, it's just interesting. Like I don't know. I'm not. I don't want to to crap on the guy too much, but because I don't know him, obviously. And but it is interesting, you know, like events like that. Um really can tell a lot about someone yeah um but yeah it was interesting um and the fact that he never he didn't actually get anything done like when there was other just normal joe schmoes who were literally like laying on top of bodies to like try and shield them and a young kid who ushers like 20 plus people to cover um while this guy's like running away and you know who knows i mean he obviously like came back so i'm not going to say it wasn't somewhat valid but but yeah and the whole social media thing and how like he didn't seem to really value human life and the way that he was talking about that and i i'll give i'll give someone some leeway it's a traumatic thing and right you know they're just like reacting like it's an emotional time and heightened sense but Man, the way he was talking, and then you like see this guy's Instagram, and like clearly he doesn't really value people for being people. You know, he sees them as these things, or you know, these things to surround himself with. Like, I don't know if you've seen this guy's Instagram, but I mean, half naked women in like every other post or every post or something. So, um, yeah, it was interesting. It was an interesting topic this week, and obviously the whole thing regarding the Las Vegas thing is super tragic and. Yeah, we're not really here to talk about um, political and whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, the difficulty with that I have mostly with that is just, again, how people can be so trained, so trained that in in my trauma, I'm going to respond by getting likes. Yeah. Like that's what that's what it is. It's not like he not like he I mean I guess I don't know, but it's not like he picked up the phone and called 911. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He hit record like like I said like it was a three-step process in posting that post. Right. And this is without this is without like looking at the guy on a personal level cuz when you look at some of the stuff on a personal level like the way that he is it doesn't surprise me. Right. But that's the thing is that it should surprise me and like you can see this is this is not an act this is his actual character yep dude i don't know i don't think you have but uh what's the show called it was a british show and the netflix picked it up uh there's there's it's a like bunch of it's like, like twilight zone but it's oh black based. mirror black mirror yeah there's an episode of black mirror that is all about you know the social media life of people today and everything is defined by your likes, literally, like your status as a like as a person, you go up in life or you go down in life based right. on your likes, and people right. go around Bing Bing liking you, and it's, it's. I mean, there's a lot of truth to to what that episode is portraying. Right, really dark show. Uh, I can't necessarily say I recommend it to anyone because it doesn't leave you in a good place. <laughs> yeah, it's more about um, showing you what's messed up as opposed to giving you a morality play. Yeah, and it's that's where the that's it, where the Twilight Zone was awesome. Yeah. Because it's, it's like you knew, mm-hmm. and yeah. it takes yeah, it takes that, it takes that, and like goes to its furthest extent, you know, right. like, and then it just shows you the negative 
consequences of it. And that's it. It doesn't give you any way out of it. It just gives you, and this is how that ends. Death yeah. or, you know, depression or it's like a isolation. Less, less funny opening of uh, Freaks and Geeks. You know what I'm talking about? Where the dad's like... Yeah, totally. They, they did this, and, and then, then they died. They died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know that kid? He did this, and then he died. Right. <laughs> yeah, I started that. I started that show, not Freaks and Geeks, Black Mirror, when I was sick one day because I just. <laughs> so when I get sick, sometimes I just want to watch something that matches my mood. Yeah. And but then left... it like saps your energy off. And I was yeah. left in a dark place after that. <laughs> That's funny. But anyways, um, so there's that. Uh, Hugh Hef, Dan Bilzerian, um, Tom Petty died. Anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not to be insensitive. That's not what you're trying to do. No, it's definitely not. I was looking at something else. Uh, I guess we're going to take some time now to break up uh, some monotony and topic talking with a little gameage. Um, we forgot to do it last episode. Yeah. Um, but we like to incorporate a little activity now and then. Yeah. Uh, sometimes just to humor ourselves yeah. and our knowledge. Sometimes mm-hmm. to give someone uh, else the opportunity to listen to something other than what they might have already heard. Like right. Just us talk about it and our thoughts on it. So we got a little trivia action. Right. Um, I got my pad ready. You got your pad. I got my doc. Um, so, man, I need to get some trivia music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess... Josh and I's thoughts are, and it's going to look different on other weeks, you know, compared to some. Might be trivia one day, might be play a clip one day, you know, guess that clip, guess that what it was talking about, whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But me and Josh are going to have some competitions from now on. You, as a listener, get to to participate um, without actually participating. Right. Test your knowledge as you go. And are we keeping points? Yeah. So, I mean, we'll just keep it simple. Is it? There's four points on the board, right? We got four questions each. At the end of the episode, who has the most points? Doesn't it need to be, or does it matter if it's tied? Are we doing winner? Ah, if it's tied. Because we, we could do winner of the show, and that one show gets one point. <laughs> and then what do you get at the end of the show? What do you get at the end of the, the season? month? I don't know. Or the quarter? Or something. I don't know. Somebody will have to offer us something. Something to compete for. <laughs> yeah, send us ideas of what Josh and I can compete for. Josh loves to be taken out to eat. I'm not trying to volunteer that, but if that's if that's a reasonable <laughs> if that's a reasonable reward for being Winner super pop culturally relevant, yes, or at least in, in the know, knowledgeable, yeah, 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 yeah. then uh, then, so, then I'll buy you a little little TV, little killer burger, whatever, whatever tickles okay. your fancy. Okay. Uh, should we exchange? Boom, 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 or just four, four, exchange? Four, and Let's then, do an exchange. All right, I'll let you go first. Hit me. All right, um, in TV. Who is the longest running character in a comedy series? The longest running character in a comedy series. In TV. Uh, I have to say Homer Simpson. Final answer. Hmm. That's interesting. I maybe now. <laughs> All right. The, the answer I was going for, and maybe it just needs more qualifiers, would be Fraser Crane. So I was wrong. Fraser Crane. Which All right, my turn. My turn. Okay, your turn. Right. TV. Uh, TV. Which cult TV show from the '90s was resurrected in 2016? X Files. Jeez, man. Come on. <laughs> that was too easy. Yeah. Too easy. All right, so this one should be easy for you. This what, is topic? A, what topic? Comic books. Okay, comic books. What is the real name of Black Bolt? Blackagar Boltagon. 
I just had to go with it because it was so dumb. <laughs> His name? Yeah. It's a, it's a silly name. Yeah. Do they ever say it in, in humans? Uh, no. His name? Black Not yet. Girl. Not yet. Yeah. Okay. So that was comic book, right? Yeah. What superhero was born with the curse of Kordax? Oh, man. The curse of Kordax. K-O-R-D-A-X. Uh, I have no idea. The curse of Cortex. I, I don't know. Are right, you ready? Yeah. Born of royal Ad- Atlantean blood, Aquaman, the infant oh, Prince Orin, was abandoned okay. for having blonde hair, which according to Atlantean myth signifies the curse of Cortex. Interesting. The child left for dead was, resurrect- was rescued and raised by a lighthouse keeper before eventually discovering yeah. his royal heritage and reclaiming his birthright. You should have asked that question to uh, our sister show, Jasmine. Yeah, she's of, all about that. Of the vigilance? Yes. All right, so we're one for one. All right, <clears throat> what's the topic? In movies, what famous actor who's related to a famous director, took his name from Power Man. What famous actor who's related to a famous director took his nickname? Na- his name from Power Man. His name from Power Man. Luke. Luke. Okay, so it's the actual actor's nickname. What famous actor related to a famous director took his name from Power Man? I feel like I'm going to be like, Duh. Probably. All right. I don't know. Nicholas Cage. Really? His real name is Nicholas Coppola. And that's what I was, yeah. Yep. I immediately thought I thought, of thought you were going to get that I immediately too. thought of Coppola yeah. because I know that they have you know, a ton of family in the biz. But, right. Uh, so what one was that? Movies? That was uh, movies. Okay. Your turn. So still one-to-one, right? No, no, uh, depends on if you count that first one. Cause I got, cause, cause I stumped you on Fraser Crane. Oh yeah, then I don't count it. So I okay. have none. Okay. No, I did. Blacker Garboltagon. And then you got that one, but then you, but then I didn't get one. We each only have one right. Okay, I see. You're going by right, not yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay, 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 okay. We're on movies. In the Ice Age movies. Oh man. <laughs> what is the <laughs> name of Wooly Mammoth and voiced by who? You have to get both parts. Oh come on. Okay, so the Wooly Mammoth is voiced by Ray Romano, and uh, that's not. <laughs> all right, I'll Come on, it. I knew I'll it was Ray half Romano. A, I'll concede half a point to you. Okay, that's all you got though. That's all I, I know. It's Sid the Sloth is voiced by John Leguizamo. It's Manny. 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 The I would have got that. <laughs> I would have got that. All right, so one point five points to you. This is the last question, right? Yeah. So I have to get this, and you have to get the next one wrong in order for me to win. I guess. Crap. Okay. In music, who met Tom Petty in 1961 and changed his life forever? Changed his life forever. I feel like this is relevant because, you know, Tom Petty's death. That's fine. I'm down. John Lennon. Nope. Elvis Presley. Ah! There's another Elvis Presley tribute question. I don't know. But... So I guess Josh automatically wins, but I'll give him his last question. Right. Anyways, who topped the Billboard charts, Billboard charts with the single "Love Yourself" in February 2016? Go. In 2016, love yourself. Um. Just love yourself. 
Demi Lovato. No. Justin Bieber. Oh, I knew but that. Like okay, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So, Josh, the Ed Sheeran trivia. song. Ed Sheeran was, yeah. like, supposedly in the background of that yeah, song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not confirmed. Well, damn. Me being a competitive person, I'm really <laughs> bummed out that I've lost this right now. But so be it. Winner of the show. Josh wins episode three. Good job. Thank Good you. job. Good job to you. Thank you. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Getting back to it. And speaking of comic books, since we had a couple questions. All right. This is an interesting uh, topic, I think. But so on the wake of the Vegas, the Vegas shooting uh, this week, uh, Netflix um, made the choice to... Uh, cancel the Punisher um, panel. panel and uh, they were going to show some clip or some trailer or something but yeah cancel the panel at New York City Comic Con uh, this I don't know what I guess it would have been this week or right whatever um, but that's interesting uh, and there was an article posted and it's on the the website Culture Insanity um, uh, and I think you were speculating um, just how real life things are potentially going to start affecting media and like censoring, you know, so the Punisher is traditionally, yeah, he's a vengeful, he's an anti-hero or whatever, yeah, right? Takes right. justice into his own hands. Right. Very brutal in, in doing so and no mercy and um, obviously super gun heavy, super character. Right. Um, but yeah, so what's your what's your um, theory as you were expressing it to me earlier this week? And I think it's interesting. I mean, so what was the other story that it, there was something? It, with the, okay, yeah. So the some other clowns that in Israel, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like been a surge of clowns that have been terrorizing um, the kids over there, and there was just like a stabbing, like somebody was just arrested for stabbing some some kids While or something. Dressed in clown garb, right? And I was just thinking about how the two are related to each other, and and. I mean, I think we, I think it's really valuable that Marvel, Disney, ABC, whatever you want. I guess it wouldn't be ABC; it'd be Netflix. But um, I think it's really valuable that they saw the need to respect, um, you know, where the people are in that in that trauma and tragedy. But with that said, um, I think we might already be too late just mm. for where technology is. Mm. I mean. You know, the whole thing with it, the clown, it's like it only takes a moment for a individual who is disturbed. And I want to be clear, these are disturbed individuals. You know, I'm, I, yeah, I remember like um, <clears throat> Marilyn Manson actually just talked about this. Um, Marilyn Manson was saying that because he's just starting a new tour and he was saying that his career was essentially ruined or the first stage of his career was ruined due to the Columbine shooting where, where it was oh, revealed that the kids listened to his music and and you sort of have a similar theme going on. You know, back then it's like you had to wait for something to be released. It took time um, and these people were sort of disturbed in their own bubble. But now... I mean, obviously, the Vegas shooting, we're finding out more and more there's a lot of, um, there was prep that went into it. But it only takes a, you know, a minute for a disturbed person to, to get this information, to disseminate it. And then, not only for them to take the information and apply it to their life in just, you know, in a split second, just with their phone, um, but then to turn around and then turn it into art mm -hmm. to, you know, to record themselves or whatever. There have been a few movies... Um, 
that have taken that premise. I can't remember what they were, <laughs> but have taken the premise of, you know, um, killing or doing vile things um, as a way to... Oh, actually, um, Scream. Scream 4. In Scream 4, that was part of the meta-narrative um, was not to... Again, not to spoil it. It's been a long time since that movie came out. But, <coughs> thank you. Uh, but in Scream 4, the meta-narrative was that uh, killing wasn't killing unless you were doing it for an audience. Mm. And so you have this... Yeah, I, I think there's really not a distinction anymore. There's no, um, because of technology, and I'm 100% not a technophobe. <laughs> I love technology. But because of technology, the gap between audience and filmmaker is really low. In fact, take like Netflix. Yeah. Netflix just released uh, um, uh, an experiment in, um, in movies with uh, Puss in Boots. You can look it up. Um, on Netflix, there's a Puss in Boots cartoon where where kids can use their remote to, to choose your own adventure. Oh, weird. Yeah. Um, I did it with Sophia. It was pretty lame, but we had fun. But in any case, uh, you know, they were, there's, they're talking, there's talk of doing a new Twilight Zone relaunch where you can choose the direction mm. of, of the episodes. The point being is that this the concept that these things are removed from each other isn't really it's not really viable anymore. So you take something like Punisher and whereas before it was like you're just respecting um, the source material. The source material and also respecting the people who have suffered a tragedy. Now, even on a legal level, I'm not really sure if you can't be held responsible because mm -hmm. um, you could really be inciting a particular type of movement. And these people could be... Um, sort of taking cosplay to a whole nother level. Yeah. So you just think it's because of where we're at with technology today that this is how we got there? This is how that's possible now, whereas before... Are you talking about with the Las Vegas shooting or... Just in general, what you're saying aren't what not what you're saying because of... What, techno what technology allows us to do today, and because it's so readily available, then it allows people to go and do these type of things, and and you're saying the lines between the art and the real life things are being blurred, right? Yeah. And so you're saying that, yeah, and so, and I'm just asking, I'm, I'm clarifying that that's purely because of where how technology has evolved. Yeah, well, because, not not I mean, purely, a, but people are people fundamentally different now. Yes, or is, te is technology made people fundamentally different now? Both, right? I, I think you have this broken element of who people of who people are. Scripture is you know ripe with that that they refused to recognize God as God. So there's this broken element of who people are, but you give those people power, and it will take <laughs> that and you know turn them into a beast that maybe they wouldn't have been hmm. and that's i think that's what you see technology is the power to and specifically art plus technology is the power to take people you know to a whole nother level you look at um simple things like pornography right and you look at um like anal sex and blowjobs and how those two things jumped up uh, um in terms of 
what people did in their sexual lives, like statistically, as a result of having um, available pornography to available to them, yeah. right? And so you have these young people who have viewed this, and, and now they think that this is what you're supposed to do. And so you have art imitating life, and then life imitating art. And so it's taken, so now the people have now changed, and that's effective. I mean, Dr. Drew used to talk about on Loveline, like, the results of, of that, and they're not pretty. So what does that mean, then? I mean, it's kind of a scary thought. Does that mean now that? I mean, you, where do you? Where does it end? Well, it's like Black Mirror. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this is depressing, <laughs> right? Where does that end? Like, does now does that mean um, that stuff like that shouldn't or yeah well, shouldn't be made anymore? So or if it is, then that's there's a, a high possibility that these things will continue to happen. And that's a good. It's question. like a self fulfilling prophecy or something. Yeah, I I think that stuff like that where there's not a morality tale involved should never like have Punisher. been made in the first place. Oh. No, no, no. The Punisher has a morality tale attached to it. Um, you know, I mean, you've got this guy. I don't want to get too too into detail, but you know, you have this guy who is essentially trying to stop bad things from happening. It's very black and white. Now, the way he does that is over the top, mm -hmm. but there's a real sense of good and evil in it. Sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and you can question where that line is, mm -hmm. but you have these things that are essentially like torture porn. Um, I've used that term before. For those of you who don't know, it's like violence. For the sake. Generally in horror movies, for the sake of violence. Mm -hmm. um, you have things like that, like in video games, for instance, where you're not really, it's not really telling the story. There's no artistry to it. So do you think that's, because this conversation was happening at least on some level when I was in school yeah. with the Grand Theft Auto right? franchise and like, it's open world, and you can just go up to someone and kill them. And you do whatever you want to and do. You do whatever and as you the want games, to. and as the technology advanced, and the games got more realistic, so did the sex, violence, and drugs in the gameplay. <clears throat> yeah. So, and that is where we're headed. What is necessary is for humankinds to is for humans to stop telling themselves the narrative that they're just part of a machine. And when we realize that, when we remember who we are as human beings made in the image of God, and when we recognize God as God then we can participate to some degree in the fanciful storytelling as long as the purpose of it tells the right narrative. That's why I love Batman. <laughs> but unless that is realized, then you're suggesting that it will only get worse. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, think, that that, I think that that's logical. Well, I mean, if you're going to follow it philosophically, it's going to get worse, and then there's going to be some sort of revolution, and then that revolution will cause a new era of rules and order which then eventually will degrade and um that and then it'll happen again but as that's going on it will get the stakes of that will get bigger and bigger mm. so the question is <clears throat> is there are the stakes so high that think of it as a bubble you know like uh, this revolution keeps taking place on a small level and then it does it again it goes through a cycle and then it gets bigger and then it goes through a cycle and gets bigger so the question is how much can the world handle before the before bubble burst. bursts yeah i don't know man stakes are pretty high it seems like right now well when you look at like the roman uh like gladiatorial like that was their source of entertainment like that'd be pop culture to them right they're gladiators like they were killing people for sport or not for sports, sorry, for entertainment. entertainment yeah. Like, where are we at that point? Like, when we push the button on a on a nuke just to watch how it goes, boom. 
<laughs> yeah, that's you know? crazy. Yeah, so yes, could it get worse? Yes. Is it headed that direction? I think mankind is always headed in that direction. Yeah. What will yeah, stop it? I was it? having a conversation with my, with my dad. Uh, yeah, and came to the same conclusion. Like, it, it will only get worse until people realize um, their value and other people's value right. in, in, in God. Yeah. And it's it's a lot of things um concerning um scary especially when out like we have kids you know that we think about yeah like that's for our kids yeah it it really puts it into reality like when you have that to think about the next generation and we should be thinking about the next generation and yeah yeah and that's why you know at least for my kid and i know adam feels the same way like we do not let our kids simply be entertained by things Mm -hmm. they have to be engaged and debrief and and have uh, and have to be there has to be a dialogue that's happening or a trialogue i guess between or discussion (laughs) between them what they're watching and then who they're watching it with and then they have to be debriefed on it because I don't want a child to tell my, or I don't want a program to tell my child a false narrative. Mm-hmm. Like we watch one show with with my daughter, and that's Supergirl, and they are always trying to tell false narratives on Supergirl about what family is, about what power is, so on and so forth. Can we watch Supergirl together as a family, knowing that there are good aspects of it? Yeah, I would argue that you know there's a lot better aspects in Supergirl because of the nature of it being good versus evil. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is hard to come by even nowadays. Right. <laughs> Unless you watch the CW. But, uh, <laughs> but, heaven. but yeah, like, I, you know, but is it dangerous? Yes. I would never let Sophia watch those programs on her own until I believe that she is capable of carrying on the dialogue yeah. even di- when I'm not those, around. Discerning those points yeah, right. on her own. Yeah, no, I do agree. I do agree, like you said. Okay. Where did we stop? Punisher. Um, I don't know. This question is purely for you because sure. I don't have any thoughts necessarily, but uh, it was just announced earlier this week or last week that uh, the current writer of Batman, who I don't know who it is, King? King. Is King? Tom King. They're... they're they're engaging Batman and Catwoman. Yeah. And um, he goes on to say in the article that it it has the, has the potential to really um, dive more into how someone like Batman and how he conducts himself and what he does, how that burden would affect those things about him. What are your thoughts on, on Batman getting engaged to a woman? She accepted his proposal. Right. For those of you that yeah. can't read, but yeah, she accepted his yeah. proposal. Not... Not to talk about something that's so niche in terms of the audience, you know, like comic books is, it's like we as an audience, as a mass culture, love the meta of comic books, Yeah. but not a lot of people the read details. them, I would say. Yeah, they don't know the details. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, in comic books, like it's not new. Like Batman's been married to Catwoman before. I think it was the Silver Age, or maybe it was the Golden Age. In fact, the character of the Huntress in the See, original... I didn't even know that. Yeah, the original Huntress, her she was actually Helena Wayne. Hmm. She's the daughter of Catwoman and Batman. Interesting. Um, but then that got changed after Crisis on Infinite Earths in 1985. So, <clears throat> I'm pushing up my glasses here. 
Um, <clears throat> it's already happened before. Of course, storytelling um, has become a lot more demanding and intricate. So do I think that they could tell better stories? Yes. I'm not necessarily worried about what describing the partnership looks like. And I would say that Tom King has already been sort of moving in that direction. Um, Batman has been experimenting since the, since the rebirth, um, since DC's rebirth. He's, which by the way, they're dropping the, they're dropping the, the, um, branding of that. Yeah. It's It's just going, it's going back to regular. Um, the effects of it are still in place, obviously. Sure. But um, since Rebirth, Batman has been really playing up the team aspect. In fact, Detective Comics mm-hmm. switched over completely from being based on Batman and his exploits in Gotham, um, you know, solving mysteries, to being about the team of, like, the Bat family is what they're called, mostly led by Batwoman and not Batman. Hmm. So... He's been learning how to play nice. So I, I'm interested. Hmm. What's the name of his understudy? It's the black kid? Yeah. Is he part is of the, he's name? part of the Bat family, right? Yeah, his name is The Signal. Oh, he officially has a name then. Yeah. Last I checked, he was still just... Yeah, his, his, int- his character is like an interesting <laughs> concept of a character. It's basically Batman by day. Hmm. Duke is his, is, his, is his name. He came in a limited series called We Are Robin. So is he like just a detective? Like a like a, a a civilian detective, like he's not an official detective, but no, he's he's more of like an engineer or something. But he has that mind, mm. and Batman has had like his eyes on him. But something's going on in metal right now mm. that where they're revealing stuff. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, moving on. So this is the big category. Excuse me. Um, this week, like you said yourself, it's it's big fall TV time. Yeah. Uh, so. I'll start with I finally watched the pilot of Inhumans, mm-hmm. and I, I mean I don't know why it was just getting destroyed so much, because you've watched at least the first episode, or have you watched more than that? I think I finished the second episode. You did? Yeah. Does it get good? Does it get better? That's what I'm saying. Like I don't know why it was getting just blasted so much. There were some like hokey graphics, and there was a few like cringeworthy like lines. But overall, and over the course of the episode, certainly, I was fine with it. I, I, I'd be fine. Yeah. I'd be fine with continuing to watch it. Like, it's not my high-priority show. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't understand. I what think... Problem? So, all those things. Hokey graphics. Um, not the greatest writing. Um, Maybe it's just compared to, like, agents... Which people like love. Well, but see, it kind of it kind of is similar to Agents in the first season, really? or at least the first like half of the first season. Took a while to find its feet. Yeah, totally. But all Joss Whedon shows do. Mm-hmm. I mean, this isn't a Joss Whedon show, but like Agents sure. in terms in terms of Agents. Um, but I think the thing for this is mostly like it's just kind of hard to believe. I've been thinking about it too because I understand. Like I suspend disbelief that's the theater term willing suspension of disbelief Mm -hmm. i suspend disbelief because i have an investment in the characters surrounding inhumans um but when i watched inhumans i too didn't think that it was that bad but i also would put it on the par of sort of 90s sci-fi if that makes sense like there's all these shows like i think of um 
it was a Gene Roddenberry show. I can't remember what it was called, but it was, you gave it enough time and it was okay, you know? Do you think that that show, I'm just, I, I'm thinking back to it now as you're talking, and like, I expect some things out of some characters because I know, I know those characters on some level, you know, like a lot more than the average person. Yeah. So yeah, because Adam's a big uh, Inhumans fan. Yeah, like I really like the Black Bolt as a character, and I feel a like comic book Inhumans. I feel like he would. I wish he would be more like explored as a, as a Marvel character. But anyways, yeah. Um, yeah, like maybe that show's just it's was not meant for the average person. You mean it's just like all fanboy service to a very specific niche group? Of I guess. Like I mean, I'm thinking about how the episode started, and like you know, you have this. They they briefly mention it in the beginning, and then all of a sudden you have like this city on the moon and this chick with this hair that does these weird things, and it like doesn't really talk about it. And even when they like talk about it, they I mean it's not really like I don't okay, know. So like, yeah, maybe maybe it maybe they thought and so maybe like I was more many... accepting of it because like yes. I know like oh yeah that's Medusa her hair is like you know has a mind of its own and like that's her weapon and stuff and right. You know, of course he's not talking because his voice is like right. would literally obliterate you and Which we see by the second episode. You see it in the first with his parents. Oh you're right, with his parents, yeah. I so there's that. I, I think you're right. You have to sort of in terms of getting new fans, it's probably not gonna do it any favors. Yeah. Like I again that First of all, it's like cheesy and right. it assumes too much and Right. And that exists in the Agents of Shield world and so like for me it's like I love Agents of Shield so I was good to to watch it because it helps inform that world, mm -hmm. but um, and I hear they might be doing a crossover probably to help. But um, the other thing for me is I can't get behind the characters, and here's the reason why. Like the main bad guy played by Ramsey from mm. <laughs> from Game of Thrones, yeah, who's a, a really bad bad guy. Although he's a really great good guy in poor uh, guy. Like that's what he's going to be known as for a while. Well, but he's got <laughs> he's got that um, he's got. The, on Hulu, I can't remember what the show is. It's a British show. The Outcast? No, the Misfits. Misfits. Yeah, he played. He was awesome in Misfits, and he was like the main good guy. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but anyway, so you have that guy, Ewan Rion, or something like Anyways, that. So you're saying the characters? Yeah, the characters are bad guys. Like we are Americans, and this is American TV, and this is a show about. A caste system, a, a monarch caste system, where they're supposed to be the good guys, and the 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 bad guys are the people who rise up and overthrow the oppressors. You know, the oppressive monarchy. Like, why, as an American citizen, especially if I'm a non-thinking American citizen, I'm just like watching the show to watch the show. Why would I get behind the monarchy? Like, I'm an American. I'm a free thinker. Interesting. Like Ramsey. I'm sorry, I don't care enough about his character to call him by his name that's not in Game of Thrones. So, Ramsay, he's like leading the rebellion against an oppressive monarchy. I, so he should be good. He should be good by <laughs> like American standards. By American standards, yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's confused. or it, It's maybe not the greatest audience. Yeah. You know? Interesting. Yeah, I'm only one episode in, but I just know that, like, I ex I just expected total dog crap, I guess, because based on what I was hearing, um, while liking, like, some of those characters, you know, and, like, being invested in, like, some of the comic books and stuff, but... Yeah. 
So I don't know. I'll continue watching at least for now. Like I said, it's not high on my priority list because I mean I I agree with people. Like it's not the the best written. The it's graphics the are show. hokey. That like yeah, it's not yeah. the greatest show. Like mm-hmm. I'm still waiting for. There's higher priorities out there. Yeah, and it's so, like two seasons so later. I'll binge it. I'll tell you what's a higher priority. <laughs> I have watched two episodes uh-huh. of Discovery. Uh-huh. I love it. And I'm not even like a it Star Trek fanboy by any stretch. The, like my exposure to Star Trek is like maybe a couple episodes and mm-hmm. then the new movies, you know, starting with the first J.J. Abrams movie. But man, that was a good show. I saw a show. You talk about good writing. I encourage you to do a Star Trek quiz with me. I encourage you to listen to Jasmine's Vigilance podcast because, man, they, they talked about it. <laughs> yeah, I was, on, I was on there and we talked about it. Um, Feel pretty <clears throat> confident about Star Trek trivia? I'm pretty confident about Star Trek trivia. <laughs> no, dude, it is good. Like, I, I would prioritize that show, like I yeah. said. And I've never been a Star Trek fan. And there's a lot of TV that I could be watching right now, but it's good. Well, it's behind a paywall. That's the main thing that, <clears throat> that sucks about it. It's behind a paywall. CBS All Access costs five ninety nine a month. Yeah. And sucks. the question was, for me, as a Star Trek fan, a lifelong Star Trek fan, I absolutely remember the very first time I saw Star Trek The Next Generation. I watched all the reruns of the original series with my parents. I remember watching the finale of Voyager, even though Voyager's not that great. And I remember, you know, Enterprise. Anyway, I'm a lifelong Star Trek fan. And the threads leading up to this show, people were just angry because it was behind a paywall and they weren't letting any details go about the show. So that's the only negative thing they had to say about it, though? Oh, people were... Just how to access it? Well... They weren't releasing details, and they put it behind a paywall. And so people had all of these, like, they were taking, like, pictures and tearing them apart and looking at all these things saying, oh, this show's going to be terrible. Or it's like, it's, um, they call it the JJ Trek, you know, or Abrams Trek. Because um, there's this whole feud unbeknownst Wait, to... Wait, they use that as a negative, as a diss? It's pejorative, yeah. Dude, I loved his movie. Okay, well, unbeknownst to the common Star Trek fan, there is a division um, between there's a feud between fans there's a civil war so the Star Trek movies of, intru- co- of course there is yeah Let me just right. say that. of course there is so the Star Trek <laughs> movies introduce this concept suck. A, a different timeline so that the original series is an old timeline and you know so everything that happened in the TV shows is a different timeline than everything that happens in Abrams movies. And the difference has to do with the Starship Kelvin being blown up, right? So we call Abrams Trek, we call it the Kelvin timeline. Mm -hmm. Everything else we call the Prime timeline. So Discovery takes place in the Prime timeline. Okay. But with that said, people are saying it looks too much like Abrams Trek. So there's things like that. But, man, if that show isn't great. What? I mean, and people are stoked. What about do people it expect? Like, do they want it to be filmed like if is it, it like was in the nineteen sixties or seventies? There are fan there are fan shows like uh, look it up online. There's something called Star Trek: The New Voyages, which it's a um, fan made show. It's a fan made show because the original series only did three years of a five year mission, hmm. and so they continued it on. And they got so popular and did so well in recreating the nineteen sixties version of it. That the guy who headed up, headed it up and played Captain Kirk is now the head of CBS's um, approved fan fiction um, Star Trek thing. Have you heard about that? No, but that's 
Good for that guy. Like Paramount and CBS said you can't make any more fan fiction unless it goes through these channels. Wow. Because if it's longer than X amount of minutes, we'll sue you. Whoa. And this guy... Is the one that made it... Is the head of yeah. that and division. Now, yeah, now he's the head of it. So. Yeah. No, dude, it's, it's awesome. It's yeah. awesome. I like that the character, Michael. Michael. I don't know. Yeah, Michael something. She's a weird, like... Michael Burnham. A hybrid of a character. She's Kirk and Spock. Yeah, she's like super, you know, uh, uh, what's it? Vulcan, you know, right. logical, logic-based, and then she's super emotional right. on certain things. She's Kirk and Spock so put together. So she makes for a really interesting character. She's Kirk and Spock <clears throat> put together, and the first two episodes are essentially the Star Trek movie, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie. It's like you have, I don't know if you want to spoiler alert this, but... <clears throat> You have this character who was... You should have seen it by now. It's been like 10 years since Jay <laughs> from Star Trek. You have this... Well, for the Star Trek Discovery, you have this character who is birthed out of trauma, who who's rebellious, and then ends up advancing you know, through the ranks and and gains uh, you know, sort of a command from going through this rebellion. She is... She's Kirk and Spock together. But the way that it ends, those first two episodes, the way that it ends, that's where the story diverges for sure. Really? And you haven't seen... Yeah, I'm only two in. So you haven't seen the there's third last one. week's and then there's tonight's. Right. The third one is definitely where the intro ends. Well, so it's like you got to watch all three. I should have wrote this down because I remember it being like an interesting talking point or at least noteworthy. But what was it? What was going on with the, 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 um, the bad guys? Klingons. Klingons. Mm -hmm. There was some like interesting social commentary. Totally. Uh, I can't remember exactly. Yeah, it's all about isolationism. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was on the nose yeah. <laughs> for sure. But um, Star Trek has always done that too. Really? Yeah. It's mm -hmm. always been social commentary. Hmm. No, dude, it's it's good, and I look forward to the rest of it. So, how long how long are these seasons going to be? I don't like I don't like I mean I know that you have it and so I have it by extension but mm -hmm. I don't like the CBS all access thing that sucks. So yeah, my thought on that was simply this. They claim that these movies that these t television episodes are going to be you know, uh movie status, you know, HBO cinema status. Um and if I think about that as a real Star Trek fan, if this really is if this really is, you know, Star Trek, like prime timeline Star Trek, then I would be willing to watch four episodes a month for six dollars. You know, you're paying like what, a buck fifty per episode or whatever? It's less than going to the movies. I would be willing to do that if it was that. And then to get access to CBS's library on top of it, I'm okay with it. And these seasons are like what? Um I think thirteen episodes or something I'm like that. I'm just interested to hear about how how that pays off for them like has it been renewed already for a second season and stuff like that I don't or? know but I know their budget's huge oh really yeah I know their budget's huge they're doing um yeah they're doing like HBO style budgets mm. for this thing and and it, it shows like in the in the episodes it shows so yeah um Star Trek and humans speaking of HBO quality you started watching, I haven't, that showed The Deuce. The Deuce, yeah. The Deuce. I keep wanting to call it The Mick, but The Mick is a completely different thing. But Yeah. So The Deuce, what The Deuce is about is basically the the birth of the porn industry 
And yeah, like, like the home movie porn industry. And then this, but isn't there like prostitution and all that? That's how it starts. Yeah, it's like uh, pro- starts with prostitution and drugs, and like sort of the dangerousness of that situation. I've only watched two episodes. They were great, for the record. Obviously, they're yeah, I was mature say, content. Yeah, I hear there's a lot of graphic, like yeah. graphically depicted sex. Uh, great in wh- in what way? Like, what do you mean? Storytelling, acting, writing, like dialogue, even um, cinematography, even how it's shot. They like transformed it into a believable 1970s New York City. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm interested to watch it, and you know, it's got a lot of big big time players in it. James Franco and James Franco does great. He plays two characters. That guy's in so much stuff, and people like, yeah, it's weird. Like a lot of indie stuff too. He's in, but um. <clears throat> Yeah, it's weird to call a show like that great, especially because you know like how that story will progress. Sure. You know, the porn industry and will I want go to... on to boom. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I want to be clear when I'm saying it's great. I'm not talking about the content so much as I'm yeah. talking about the quality. Yeah. And it, But it, it, I'm sure it's interesting, though, too. Like, it's very interesting. To, to see how that, at, at a ground level, would have been born yeah it's 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 Cause aren't some of those characters based on are they based on real people i don't know i haven't done the i haven't done the homework in All that right. way so but don't uh, hold us to that it's it's interesting to look at how the lives of the women and men were depicted um are depicted and then you know what leads them to making the choice and honestly it's easy to see why i mean if there's if if the story that's being depicted on the deuce is consistent with the truth. It's easy to see why anybody would choose to move in that direction because, mm-hmm. you know, the life of uh, of uh, Hooker, it is doesn't it doesn't seem appealing. Um, <clears throat> do we think that there's some danger in the humanization of the porn industry and the dehumanization of? <laughs> women what I, yeah and the dehumanization of women what i would say is yes for the for the non-thinker i would say that 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 could be a side effect but the reality of it is that we have a group of christians for instance who spend their entire life and mission in vegas right um and oftentimes with the help of like former porn stars and they spend their time trying to pull people out of the pornography industry. Yeah. Why? Because these are human people. And it's just as dangerous, just as much as it is dangerous to humanize something that is um, such uh, a terrible machine. It's also dangerous to believe that these aren't human beings with a story, with a narrative. And I think that a person who's watching this, even a, even a Christian maybe even more so a Christian who's watching this with a God-centered mind but is looking at the story that's being told might be able to use it to actually create a narrative that could pull people out of that industry. Yeah. But of course, to watch it purely for entertainment would be, you know, inappropriate. Yeah, the reason why I brought it up is because of that Maggie Gyllenhaal article. I don't right. know if you read that one. Is yeah, that I, I'm the one who posted that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. That was interesting. She basically um, is supports that industry and supports it as she says an art she as calls an, it art, an form. art form um and she goes on to justify it in different ways but 
Yeah, no, it was interesting. Um, but none, none of what she was saying, I feel like she only slightly alluded to it, at least. None of what she was saying really uh, alluded to why or how a woman ends up in that industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, her insecurities and her traumas and, you know, how she sees herself. And she was saying that support group that she got to experience from a, a former porn actress, you know, and she, she just briefly mentioned it, at least in this article or in this interview that she had with this guy. Um, but she said that, yeah, and often often they would talk about their trauma or whatever she said. So like I, it, I just felt like the article itself didn't give a lot of credence to um, how someone finds himself in that while she was like explaining it as an art form. Like, right. I don't know the statistics, um, but I can't imagine, I, I have to imagine that a good majority of women that end up in that industry or as a prostitute or whatever, selling their body in whatever form you want to sell it in, um, yeah, deals with a high degree of, of trauma, you know, and I don't feel like Maggie Gyllenhaal, who, whose voice is loudly heard, you know, and is a, is a influential person in her, in her, um, on her platform or whatever, was giving that a lot of credit, and so I thought that was, um, I thought that was uh, interesting, but yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, I think you, like I said, you have to be careful with television in general because. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, and I think, and you might have, you might have alluded to it again, but yeah, it just reminds me going back, her, what she has to say and where she's coming from as being a producer and the starring, Mm -hmm. one of the starring characters Mm -hmm. on it. And um, so her mentality going into it in this interview, and then what we were talking about earlier with things informing reality now, like, right, where does this end? Is this just going to become a normal thing now, you know, where you're only going to see with a show like this? um, And I don't, I, like I said, I haven't watched it, so I don't know what, what um, route or agenda the show is coming from, unless it's purely being informative on how you know, storytelling and how this industry started. Like, I don't know how that's going to inform reality, but it's, it's, it's interesting and alarming considering, like I said, what we were talking about earlier, um, mm-hmm. regarding art informing reality and how people, Oh, that's just what people do. Yeah. Like women. Yeah. Film themselves with random dudes and they do this and yeah. Or women. I, th- I mean, I think yeah, it's, it's their bodies. And I think for somebody who watches it with their filters on, they should be able to see a story that I don't know is honest um, from it, but I think that it has to be watched with its filters on, you know, because the because you're dealing it's not fantasy, you know, and then you're dealing with something that is so specific mm-hmm. to humanity, where the Bible says that a lot of our sin um, certainly <coughs> populates at. You know, with sexuality. So, you know, we have to be careful with it. We have to have an honest dialogue about it. I think the show can provide an impasse for that. And if that's what you're doing with it, then I would say that um, it's okay. Okay. I want to be very clear with that. Not right, not wrong, but okay, as long as you have the right filters on. Um, Yeah. So... But I do think that it is, so far, it's only had two or three episodes. Um, so far, the story being told is, um, 
an interesting one that gives you insight into why anybody would want to get into into the porn industry and um definitely like uh, humanizes the workers yeah and i don't think that's a bad thing i think that if you're going to minister to people who struggle with that or with, with know, anything or honestly they need to be humanized in your mind mm -hmm. i also don't think that's where megan jilly where maggie gyllenhaal is coming from but yeah i don't no, know that's i can't speak to it like with, with what i was reading from and, and, and i want to be clear shows like that you shouldn't watch for entertainment's sake yeah so. um i mean last but not least we're we're coming into an hour and a half here um but last but not least was the snl article about snl kind of um falling victim to being i guess you would say complacent um like a lot of what last season was based on like a lot of the jokes stemmed from Recycling. trump and yeah. you know just hitting that low-hanging fruit of trump is right. not a good speaker this and conducts themselves in this way and you know and it was getting to a point where audience audiences were getting tired of it or i don't know if like it was saying ratings were dropping necessarily but it was getting stale like yeah. we get it we get yeah. it you know donald trump has said some retarded stuff you know mm -hmm. um he's and he's he's done some things that you know are not good <laughs> like yeah. in, the, in the way he's acted but like it's losing a lot of or it, it's it's lost meaning like it is lost right now sure. and like it's uh, artistic or whatever um originality you know and so that was interesting i'm a big fan of snl and i don't want it to like you know suck because it's losing original content original well, characters and that's like snl like original characters how many movies have been based off of snl sketches because it was an original character and speaking of james <clears throat> franco um <laughs> SNL? okay if anybody if anybody gets a chance to i think on hulu i think there's a hulu original movie um, oh. James Franco does a week in the life of SNL. That was great. Yeah. And you get to see, you get to see, um, the process of, of making of these one things. episode, <laughs> right? Yeah. Of one single, like everything episode. that's involved. And it's, it's a pretty harrowing process. Mm -hmm. Um, so what I will say to that is that these people live in a bubble and they work so hard to put one show together and it is just really difficult work, you know? Mm -hmm. And as one who's been part of theater, um, it is a consuming work. So with that said, you know, the, you might, it's, it's easy for people to, to say something um, who aren't going through the process, you know? But as, you know, like us, for instance, you know, giving sermons, for instance, you know, somebody say, uh, might say, I don't resonate with that. But the reality of it is, until you really understand the difficulty of trying to be relevant all the time, mm. um, sometimes you got to be graceful. Mm. Now, that's not the world we live in. It's certainly not the cultural world we live in. But I have just a lot of respect for them. Um, I don't like all the jokes that they come up with. I certainly don't like the way that they disrespect. Sometimes I think that they're, especially on Weekend Update, sometimes I think that they are. Um, their humor is less critical and more mean yeah just malicious but but with that said it's not easy to do what they do and i respect them for that um and i think that it is ridiculous 
what what people are saying and until we watch the season go by we don't really know you know the other thing i will say is that i saw the most genius skit on snl last season this season oh uh, Wait, this season's only been like one or two episodes. I know. You've already seen the most genius skit. <laughs> I have. It is a skit about the font papyrus. Have you seen the skit? No, but if you can make a, a hilarious skit out of a it font. It is so funny. <laughs> Tip of the cap. Okay, so it's Ryan Gosling, and he plays this this like sort of um, conspiracy theorist. Okay. And he and it like basically starts with him realizing that the Avatar font is just papyrus font, <laughs> and so then the whole show like watches him like the or the whole like three minute you know recorded skit watches him like sort of degrade into madness, you know decay into madness as he like is trying to figure out how the graphic artist for Avatar got away. With using papyrus font, and he's just talking about how it's like, how it's like, you know, it's it's just, it's used on Shakira stuff, and it's used on like all this different stuff, and it like has him like stalking. Is he like old by the end of the sketch? Like no, he no, spends no. His life's work. Trying no, to... he's not old, but okay. it does have it does have him like at one point in the skit, it has him standing in the rain in the middle of a car wreck, and. And the guy who made Papyrus, like, staring at him through a window, like, dastardly. And he's like, I know what you did! <laughs> <laughs> like, he got away with something and the guy knows it. And, you know. Imagine... I think the I think the creator of Papyrus tweeted to him about it, too. For real? I think so. We'll have to look it up and see. I imagine a sketch like that just tickles you as being, like, a graphic artist, you know? Dude, so Adam's, <laughs> Adam's wife, Brittany, her and I both do graphic design for our church. And I showed it to her and we were just both cracking up because if you don't know, as a graphic designer, every graphic designer hates papyrus. That's so funny. It is terrible as a font. Do not use papyrus just because you want a font that looks cool. It Yes. So <laughs> just watching this skit, I was like, this is so genius. Anyway, watch think, the papyrus font skit. I think we'll end on that note. All right. Do not use the font papyrus. <laughs> Do not use papyrus cool. font. Oh, man. Anyways, as I said earlier, if you are interested in today's topics or just staying relevant, go ahead and check out our cultureinsanity.wordpress.com or you can check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Culture Insanity. We hunger for your wants and interests in pop culture, and we want to talk about them. So if you're so inclined, tweet us, post us, whatever. Uh, with that said, we'll see you next episode. We out.